This is the Minister's Crucible. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. The airwaves are pretty much, uh, I would say, burning up about Creflo Dollar down there in Atlanta, Georgia, giving a sermon about repenting from his past teachings on tithing. And tithing is a touchy subject. Now, we're just coming out of the uh, pandemic. Uh, People are getting their footings uh, financially and uh, people are struggling. We know that. We know that all across the United States uh, since the lockdowns, uh, people have been financially struggling. Uh, Prices have gone up since the Biden administration came into power. Gas prices have gone through the roof. Cost of living, rent, food, clothing, you name it. Uh, things have been going up and up and up. And it's cause for alarm for uh, many pastors because they are accustomed to uh, having a certain amount of income for their ministries. And one of the ploys, especially among charismatics, word of faith and uh, non-denominational churches have always been to teach the people tithing. Now, we know that tithing is an Old Testament uh, teaching. And it is the or it is at least the uh, tax system of the uh, Israeli people. Uh, There was the temple tax and there was the government tax and, uh, you know, tax collectors and uh, publicans were despised, uh, especially during Jesus time. And we see that uh, tithing is a uh, means by which they were able to finance uh, the kingdom. But it got out of control and got out of hand because you, you, the Pharisees, those individuals, they were looking at the amount of money that people were pouring into their system, while at the same time living as hypocrites, giving the people their commandments instead of the commandments of God. And Jesus accused these uh, teachers, these leaders in the book of Matthew uh, chapter 23 by telling them that they would swallow a camel and strain at a gnat. And that they would uh, applaud people that would give large sums of money into the temple. And uh, this was a a hypocritical position for ministerial leaderships, especially uh, the Levitical uh, leadership in Israel. And and, and so uh, we see this kind of attitude carry over into the New Testament where uh, individual pastors have joined bandwagons and I've been one of them, sorry, uh, and I apologize, but I've made serious corrections about that and never to teach along these lines about tithing. I just cut completely, stop that nonsense and, and just be happy that people are able to give out of their hearts to the Lord. Now, some would say, well, God commands it. God commands tithing. Even Jesus said that you should do all these things, and not leave the other undone. And and, uh, what 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 does God say about giving? Well, we see an example in uh, first Corinthians uh, uh, that that Paul, when he was uh, going about ministering, he he was accustomed to uh, receiving uh, nothing from people. In fact, he rather worked for uh, his own his own and not depend upon the people to be his only source. And he even said that God even commanded that men that are preaching the gospel should live of the gospel. But Paul said, Nope, I don't even want that. Even though the Lord Jesus commanded it, I'm not going to impose this upon you. So that way the gospel would not be blamed. And that's very commendable 
And that's the kind of heart attitude that pastors today ought to take. Well, pastors shouldn't have to work a secular job and then have to pastor a church. Well, look, some of us had to work for a living because people weren't giving. So you got to do something to support your family. You got to do something to uh, pay the rent, pay the bills, pay the you know your responsibilities, and, and not depend upon uh, one source of income as far as as far as the church is concerned. Now, should this be completely frowned upon? No, the IRS calls it reasonable compensation. Now, reasonable compensation is the measurement by which all pastors should govern themselves by. Reasonable compensation is when you're looking across the board and seeing what everybody in the world is getting and line yourself up with that standard. And we know that there are chief executive officers and chief financial officers out there in the world that garner uh, that gain billions of dollars. And uh, pastors will sit, are like saying, well, that's the level that I should be getting paid. Well, let's be careful there because the billion dollar businesses, although there are numerous now in these days, uh, you got to look across the board and see the, the level of businesses. And and if you really, really look at it, the backbone of uh, American wealth and the backbone of American finance has always been the small business. The small business uh, earns, you know, in the million dollar range, don't get me wrong, that some of them earn millions of dollars. There's no question about that. But if you were to take the total sum and, and average it all out, you will see that it's not all that much. And 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 so, but it is well above a, a middle class uh, a privilege or middle class uh, financial uh, aspects. And, 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 and so you, you have to line yourself up with what the, the, the small businesses are doing and then line up your ability to uh, receive a salary. And it should be also commensurate with what people are giving in the local church. And, and you should never browbeat or, or demeanor uh, any individual that gives less than what you think that they ought to give. And then when you see that at one time people were giving a lot of money and they pull back and and uh, are giving less than what they're accustomed to uh, that you're accustomed to them giving, uh, you should never look down upon them and and try to force them to give beyond their means. You should also never uh, force them to use credit cards and loans and and putting out home uh, uh, putting out mortgages on their homes just to give money to the church that is not a smart idea either. There was one pastor several years ago that uh, wanted to build a local church and he put his house up for collateral, home equity loan. And uh, he he received the money, no doubt, and he, and he built that church, but then all of a sudden, members started disappearing. Uh, the church had to close. And so he lost his house. And so you, you have to be very uh, careful about putting your house up for collateral and, and building a building uh, just to have a church. Look, if God called you, he's going to supply your every need. Just that simple. And you don't even have to ask. You don't even have to pray about it because God wants that ministry in that location. And for you to use manipulative, huckster, peddler kind of, of uh, uh, means to uh, to finance your ministry, then you shouldn't you shouldn't be there in the first place. In fact, you shouldn't you probably weren't even called. 
into the ministry by the Lord. So you, you have to be very careful. Now, when it comes to a, a reasonable compensation, you have to make sure that it is, it is not above a certain limit because the IRS will see the red flags and they will come and, 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 and take what you thought you had. And so you have to be very careful uh, never to go beyond your means and try to uh, 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 use means and methods to manipulate people into giving. Now, in Second Corinthians chapters eight and nine, Paul lays out the uh, uh, the means by which people ought to give. And it is it is always in accordance with what people have and what they don't have. Now, the Bible also said that God loves a cheerful giver. The Bible also says that if you if you sow little, you reap little. And if you sow much, you'll reap much. Uh, that That's in those chapters if you read it very carefully. But you have to be uh, an individual that never uses those scriptures to manipulate people into giving. Uh, and so be, be very careful about that because God frowns upon an individual that uses frauds and, and uh, uh, peddler means to get people to give beyond their ability to give. Again, people are struggling. People are going through some financial times and, and, and it's commensurate with what was predicted as far as uh, Matthew chapter 24 is concerned, that there will be uh, famines, earthquakes, and pestilences, and that there will be false prophets that would come along. And, and, and so we have to understand that uh, these individuals uh, whoever they are, if they're repenting from tithing, then they have to show evidence that their repentance is genuine. And the way that you do that is that if you said that you have been teaching on tithing all these years and it was incorrect, then you need to establish reparations. You need to give the people the money back. Uh, that's That would be one sign of, of by which you show that you uh, repented. It's commendable that Creflo Dollar said, well, if I taught anything about tithing over the last whatever years, uh, destroy my books, destroy my tapes, and then he then he you know throws it back as a hook to to keep you from not doing what he said to do, unless it lines up with the current teaching about about grace and, and using uh, spiritual uh, 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 words to to keep you hooked. Uh, if you really have repented of teaching tithing as an error, uh, then you would give people their money back. Uh, here's the other thing that another brother had said, and and it was you know very point on. He said, all these years, the Lord has been talking to you about tithing and money, and all of a sudden, God talks to you now to tell you that what you've been teaching is an error. Uh, that is the, the one thing that stood out in my mind. I said, that's Point on. I mean, how in the world can you be teaching error all these years, 20 plus years, teaching tithing as an as an error? And then all of a sudden the Lord tells you that you've been teaching it in error today and you now are repenting of that because, see, God would not tell you something to do that is error and then 20 some odd years corrected by telling you, talking to you that you need to correct it. Uh, now I get it that some people are slow in terms of their mentality. People just are are, are a bit, uh, you know, slow in their minds about it. But think about it. Uh, why would I listen to somebody that said that God said that tithing is the, is the Bible way. And then all of a sudden, uh, 20 plus years removed, you're telling me that the same God that told you that tithing was, uh, was good is now and ever. 
automatically the 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 uh, the evidence of of it being uh, uh, laid out before us uh, puts him in a light that is suspect, and and we got to learn to uh, listen to what they're saying and, and not accept what they're saying and simply go to the scriptures. Now, in the New Testament, there is no New Testament commandment that says that we have to tithe. There's none. You, you won't find it. There are instances in the New Testament of the word tithe in the book of Hebrews. And also, like I've said before, in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, uh, with regard to Old Testament tithing. But there is no specific command that we can find, in, especially in Second Corinthians, chapters eight and nine about tithing. There, there is a, a, a word about giving and, and giving is is what we do. And we should give uh, it, regardless of our uh, financial status. Uh, giving is a part of of living, so to speak. And and, and God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, and, and so uh, we have to learn to uh, stay within our means, of course, learn to manage our finances well. You know, we don't we don't need to lean on uh, uh, spiritual cliches to to get finances going, but we need to ask the Lord to teach us wisdom on how to manage what we possess, manage what we receive. So that way, when it comes time to give to a local church, then, then we can give in accordance with our means and not beyond our means. Now, uh, these same ministries, whether they're word of faith, charismatic, denominational churches, or ministries that are against the prosperity message and, and so forth, they still ask for your financial support. So be mindful of that too. And 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 so uh, to attack one area and then turn around and says, well, we need your financial support. Well, you are asking for financial support so that way you can continue to do what you do. And and so there is tremendous error in the, the prosperity message, in fact, or the prosperity gospel. In fact, there is no such thing as a prosperity gospel because we do not see this in any of the New Testament teachings. Uh, and, and so somebody will say, well, well, it's in the Old Testament, it's in the book of Psalms. It, 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 you, you're not, you can't throw out the whole Bible on that. No, but we can put it in its proper context and perspective and be governed accordingly. People need to have common sense about the word of God because the word of God always deal with the area of common sense. And a whole lot of people want to smooth over common sense by calling things like miracles and financial breakthroughs and things of that nature. And what people tend to do with their finances is, is that they have, have a nasty habit of being covetous. And covetousness is against one of the Ten Commandments. In fact, it's the Tenth Commandment, you shall not covet. Uh, Jesus said this in the book of Luke uh, chapter uh, 12. Uh, he said, take heed and beware of covetousness for man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possess. This came out of a story when a young man came and approached Jesus and said, make my brother give me my portion or my inheritance. And Jesus turned around and said, man, who made me an arbiter over your affairs? And then he saw that he was covetous. He saw that he had a problem with money. And, and, and that's the thing that we have to understand, too, that there are some believers that do have problems with money, handling money, don't know how to manage their finances. And so they, re, they rely on the miracle breakthrough and sow a seed to meet a need and uh, all sorts of spiritual cliches and, and, and 
They try to get out of the financial condition that they're in. Now, there are individuals that are legitimately in some serious financial troubles and it wasn't their fault. They may have lost a job. They may have lost uh, income. Someone may have stolen things from them. And, and that's and that's part of the course of life for for many people. We understand that it's not their fault. But there are individuals that just cannot stay away from the fact that they can get more and they use spiritual manipulative means uh, to draw money out of your pocket because they manipulated your mind into thinking that if you give to a certain ministry or if you give a certain way that you'll get something back from God. And one of the things that I've learned uh, as I've as I've grown is that, look, uh, the, the Lord is good. The Lord does what he wants to do, but he's also given me the word of God. He's also given me wisdom. And so I'm going to exercise discretion and prudence and wisdom and judgment and and honor the Lord in terms of his statutes and, and his word in the area of finances and not be a loose gun with money. I'm going to learn how to discipline myself and not allow myself to be covetous. I'm not going to entertain uh, things that come from the world to to make me even more rich. That that in and of itself is a violation of scripture, especially in first Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six really hits the rich people concerning finances. And and so the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It says in in, uh, first Timothy chapter six and verse 10. And so if you have this this desire for more money and you're looking to use the church as a means by which you can gain more wealth, perhaps you may have a covetous spirit. Now, you got to be careful of these charlatans. They're everywhere and they will pull on you. You know, first they play these strange kinds of music to get you all hyped up. And, and next thing you know, they're, they're talking about money and you see it all the time. You see it everywhere. One of the things that I've learned uh, is, is that in, in the church, uh, you do not have to do that. You do not have to manipulate people to give anything. All you got to do is just simply say it's time to give. If you're in need of an offering envelope, please raise your hand and one will be passed to you and just shut your mouth and just leave it alone and let God work on their hearts and whatever they have already uh, settled in their hearts to give, then you have to receive it. You have to accept it, even if it's just a penny. Now, some people say, well, you just can't get by on a penny, let alone a dollar, let alone $10. People should give more. So you got to tell them to give more. No, 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 no. God knows how to speak to people's hearts. God knows how to deal with people in terms of where they are. And we and he doesn't need anybody to be a hireling in the pulpit to try to pull more money out of people. And besides, like I said before, if God called it, he will provide for it. Just that simple. And and so uh, with Preflo Dollar, it, it seems like as if it was commendable. But look at what is really happening now, will it change uh, uh, those people down there and world changes ministry? Uh, uh, will they will they change in, in their uh, habits, uh, their spending habits or their giving habits or things of that nature? Highly unlikely. But um, you got to be careful of these people. They, they, they want to do these things for manipulative means. And you got to be very careful because out there in the world are individuals that are looking to make a buck especially in terms of recovering from the two years of lockdown. They're looking to get back to that place that they once experienced, especially financially. And so you got to look out for the charlatans even today. 
You've been listening to The Minister's Crucible. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening.